Hi, I'm Daniel Rosenboom, and for 15 years I've traveled the world as a freestyle footballer. Join me in telling the story of the most popular sport that you've never heard of, where I'll be speaking to the big personalities that make freestyle what it is and their amazing journey from the streets to the stage. Are you guys ready? It doesn't matter where you are or who is watching, when it comes to freestyle, all you need is a ball. Yes! Oh yeah! That was insane! Oh yes! Welcome to the world of freestyle. Welcome to the official podcast of the WFFA. Today we're talking to Grinyar, who is one half of the most famous family in freestyle. He's the older Fagarli brother and he has had an incredible career. But does having sibling rivalry with Erland motivate him? I think that's a big part of it, that we have uh, almost always throughout our career been able to train with each other and uh, push each other. It's been really important, I think. Brynjar has now retired from competitions after this year's Red Bull Street Style. But what is next in his life? Let's find out now in this conversation ahead with Brynjar in Croatia. Brynjar, what's up, man? I'm good, thanks. You know, before this podcast, I was thinking, is there a good way to introduce you? Because I find it pretty tricky because for the people that don't know who you are, you and your brother have basically dominated the freestyle scene for the last six to eight years. So it is a bit... Well, first of all, how does that feel when I say that? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's uh, true, I guess. Uh, it's uh, like in 2016, that was uh, what I consider our breakthrough year, yes. where we really started to perform at the highest level in freestyle. So it has been really exciting. Yes, yes. And then I was thinking, maybe I can compare you guys to some other athlete in some sport. But for me, the most accurate is if if like like Roger Federer and Nadal would play in the same team something like that <laughs> does it feel like I mean I don't know if you're Federer or Nadal but um well I would say maybe Alan is uh, a bit better in, than me in terms of what he has achieved in terms of the first places in the competitions but mm -hmm. uh, level wise I think we are not that far apart. Yes, I, I, I think so too. And I think, I mean, we can get a bit later into that, but I think there's a, been a few moments where I actually thought, oh, definitely Brynjar is going to win the world title this year. You thought the same, maybe? Yeah, I have, have had uh, that as a goal several years and uh, I have uh, had the faith that I could reach it, but... Uh... There has always been something that uh, was in the way. A certain person. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> A true. certain person. Well, we get into that later on. But um, you recently announced on social media that you actually are going to stop competing. Yes. So the end is near. It is. So uh, my last competition will be this Red Bull Street Style on Saturday. Yes. And when was your first competition? When did you ever... That was the Red Bull Street Style in Norway in 2009. I think it was September 2009. Was that the final against Tobias? No, no. I I, I think I went out against uh, Mats in top oh, eight. Oh, Mats? Mats. Yes. Uh, yeah. I remember him. That's a long time ago. Yeah, it is. So so how did you come to this decision? Because you said you're going to stop competing. Do yeah. By the way, does that mean you're going to stop competing in everything? Even double routine and things like that? Or just battles? I think that I'm gonna stop competing in everything uh, actually uh, oh. so it has been a uh, that's such a pity why not just do double routines at Super Bowl <laughs> well uh, 
it's uh it's been a tough decision but uh i feel like i have to go all into something if i want to keep on doing it yes. and it's been an overall decision like it's been uh, based on many several uh, like several factors mm -hmm. but it was basically a decision that i made this winter but it's not because you don't see the fun of it anymore no it's not uh, i still think it's really fun and uh, i I also feel like I'm at my best shape. Yes. So it's not because of that. So uh, to tell the reasons for it is a bit difficult. A big part of it is actually due to my academic career as well. Yes. Because I've been studying at the university the past seven years to become yes. an electric power engineer. And uh, doing the studies while uh, doing freestyle full-time, that really worked because I took the studies over um, more years. So it's actually a master's. So that's five years, but I studied for seven years. So that made it possible. But uh, now that I'm finished with my studies, I had to make a decision. Do I want to keep competing? And if so, how? what should I do besides it? Yes. Uh, and um, what I came to choose between, I had, to, I had a dilemma. I, <laughs> I thought uh, if I want to do a full-time job, then I can't. Uh, that is not compatible with doing uh, freestyle full-time. Yes. But... I had another option, which yeah. is doing a PhD in electric power engineering. I thought that could be more compatible with uh, doing yes. competitions because mm -hmm. then I can uh, structure my day the way, way I want it. Mm -hmm. So I was really considering doing that as well. But in the end, I thought that doing a full-time job was uh, what I wanted to do. And uh, then I decided that I will stop competing because I, I don't think I'm able to do a full-time job and do freestyle uh, yes, uh, exactly. full-time as well because i think i have to sacrifice too much for that and i don't get enough rest and i and i have to you use all my spare time i'm also married and we will probably buy a house soon uh, yes. and, and uh, build the house i mean yes so and then you have to stand on the roof and, uh, <laughs> yeah so i have a lot of responsibilities and obligations that i feel is not compatible with doing yes. full-time freestyle at this time and that's my choice though yeah no makes sense and i respect it but you know we're gonna miss you man so I, I almost want to talk you out of it but w <laughs> when you explain it like that uh it totally makes sense but but the fact that you announced that you're gonna retire in competition does it does that motivate you to do well in this competition now coming up or, or does it give extra pressure how does it feel I would say both of them. Actually, yes. I, I have felt uh, more motivation than ever almost yes. for, for doing well in this competition. So mm -hmm. leading up to it, I've been really motivated and training hard. But I think also I feel a bit more pressure since it is my last competition. It's my last uh, chance to do like a really well in this, in this competition. But on the other hand, I, I just feel uh, lucky to be able to be in that spot, to be able to perform in Red Bull Street Style one more time uh, yes. because it's not uh, obvious that I can finish with a bang nice 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 so you actually mentioned one uh, word before like one minute ago you you said structured and I want to get a little bit more into this because I think we've talked about this before in a different interview once that I think it seems like this that you guys both you and your brother like structured that seems like a thing Mm. Like when, when I look at how you guys prepare for tournaments, how you, the way you guys talk, the way you ask for information, it seems like you analyze everything you do and put some style of structure into everything, basically. Is, is that a good observation or? Yeah, I think we are more structured than the average freestyler, maybe. I know uh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that has helped us uh, to perform well. Well, like 
the average day is quite stru structured for us since yes. we do our studies and we train twice a day, five to six days a week. Mm -hmm. So we, in order to make that work, we have to have some kind of structure. Okay, so let, let, let's go yeah. back, back one step. Okay, let's say Red Bull Street Sales coming up. Yeah. There's two months to go. So what what's the plan? How does it? Because everyone always want. Because oh, everyone always says, yeah, the Fogley brothers they found the recipe of winning, right? And I'm not so interested in that because if it was so easy, everyone would do it. So that's not the, the idea. But I just want to have an idea of how, how does that work. It's not really because it's much. not just we don't we don't do so much uh, special things two yes. months before, but we try to get a good overview of our tricks, the tricks that we want to do in the competition, mm -hmm. and we. We only focus on those before the competition and don't uh, focus on other tricks. And we try to just practice those tricks as much as possible. And uh, also focusing quite a lot on uh, battle training. So, yes. so we're, we are battling each other on the training. But that sounds so weird for me because your brother is not only maybe your best friend and your brother, but it's also your biggest competitor. It is. Well, that, how is that dynamic? I mean, that, that must be really double. <laughs> Yes, that's true, but uh, it's okay. It's just a training, so it's not like uh, we get. Uh, well, is it? Is it? Is it just a training? That's the question. Well, it, sometimes we just we, we battle, but we don't really necessarily battle each other. We just practice on having uh, like three times thirty second rounds, yes. and uh, it's not like we always think who won this battle between us. We yes. rather think did we do well in the in the battle, and yes. that's a win in itself. So that means that we're getting better at the. Do you record it and analyze it? Yeah, we do. So uh, we can look back at our battles and see what works and what doesn't. But but shouldn't you sometimes think like I should take a break from Ireland for like a month to do my own thing before competition? No, I don't really. Uh, I uh, I really get so much energy and motivation from training with him, mm -hmm. uh, especially the past uh, I don't know three years. I feel like. Uh, I'm not as self-driven as I was before. As in, I want to win, I want to win, like that, or yeah. And on the like the training se session itself, okay. I feel like uh, I'm much more uh, motivated in the session to perform on the training session if I'm training with others yes, and yes. with Alan. So training by myself, I need uh, some. I don't know. It's it's harder to get it's harder. motivation. No, I mean, even I recognize that the reason I kind of stopped training on a high level was because i couldn't be motivated more to train by myself you know like in the garage or yeah. i still enjoy training at meets and things like that and have fun mm. but by yourself it's more difficult is, is that also the reason behind your guys success that you always have someone to train with i think that's a big part of it yes yeah. for sure uh that we have uh, almost always throughout our career been able to train with each other and uh, push each other yes it's been really important i think but is it i mean you have to be honest now do you also sometimes think like you know oh no he won again like you know what i mean <laughs> i i never think that, that i'm uh, like I'm, I'm i'm always happy for him winning yes it's more like i, I also would uh, like to do the same yes so it's better than he win that he wins than anyone else but uh yes i sometimes i feel like uh, oh it would be nice to also be in the same situation sometime but i don't really feel jealous no, no, no. i don't no. it's uh i'm more happy for him like it's uh, his success is uh, also my success in a way because we're like the Fogley brothers. Well, that's my it's next really question: cool. the Fogley brothers. But 
is he gonna change like his Instagram to like Erglund Fargali freestyle now, or, or will we still think Fargali so. runs? Uh, even though I will stop competing, it, it does that doesn't mean I will stop posting in the, in and the performing on and social yeah. media and yeah. So you will still freestyle a little bit. I will still train and I will still freestyle. Just train as much as I want to and. Uh, well, maybe you can push your creativity even more when you stop competing. Yeah, maybe I would just do whatever I feel like doing. Well, I think in general <laughs> that's always a good idea anyway. Yeah, that's true. But uh, like the past eight years, we have uh, been very like uh, disciplined. You have to train like mm-hmm. twice a day, f- five to six days a week, and it, you're not always motivated. So yes, no. I actually, I, I just wanted to ask that. Did you ever had a phase like uh, where for a few months or like where you're like, Ugh. yeah, sure. We have uh, had some uh, some moments where we we haven't been motivated that much, but uh, then we look at the overall goal and. That has helped a lot, and um, and also having each other. So we have all we have never been so unmotivated that we have stopped training for like a long time. Hey, this is Brunier, and you're listening to All You Need Is Ball, and this is the official WFFA podcast. So can you tell us a little bit, like, how, how did you guys grow up? Like, I mean, you, you grew up in a village in Norway or? Yeah, quite a small village called Svorkmo. <laughs> yeah. how, how is it called? Svorkmo. That sounds so, pretty cool. Does it mean anything? <laughs> oh, what does it mean? It's uh, called up after like a river or okay. something. Yeah. Uh, and I saw a documentary, it's like on the hill, like the house. Yeah, where we, exactly where we live. It's uh, It has a quite a nice view and it's... Uh, quite far from the closest neighbor so it's not even in the village it's it's no it's a bit like, outside the village yeah a bit yeah. outside the small village <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically just a house on top of the hill yeah so you can say that yeah yeah but w- w- wasn't it like boring when you grew up or i don't think so but no. we if we wanted to meet friends we had to like be uh, our parents had to drive us to yeah, them usually to so it was it, really. yeah, yeah it was a bit more cumbersome that way we couldn't just walk over the street and meet friends. Yeah. So, uh, so it made um, made it a bit more difficult to meet people. But they would always drive us if we wanted to do. Do that. you think that growing up like that shaped you as a freestyler in, in any way? Yeah, I, like I mean, the first years when you started freestyle, it, it was really something to do on the top of that <laughs> mountain. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's what I mean. Like, did it kind of started because there was nothing else to do i'm not sure if that's uh, the right uh, reason for why we started mm-hmm. but uh but tell us how, how did it start like was it you first then erland or did you together or we started the same day uh, yeah. in may 2009 when we were looking like on youtube we were looking for like a, a, another hobby yes we were st- still still doing football and other activities but we were like eager to find something new mm-hmm. and then we discovered freestyle and uh, we were like so uh, uh, interested in it, and it was so fascinating. So you, you saw it on on YouTube or something, yes. or yeah? Do you remember who it was? Uh, especially the video Tosani was uh, yes. one of the first, and then we started right away. But did you straight away started to train really hard, or was it just sometimes after football practice? Or just we right away started really training a lot. <laughs> like yes. the first half year, we we didn't do much else on our spare time like that summer that first summer vacation we trained all day like it was our biggest passion ever yes 
I remember that blooper video. Was that around that time? Yes, it was. I was no milk today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. that was such a funny video. <laughs> yes. And, and, and how long was it before you met other freestylers? Because I cannot imagine there's anyone else in the, in the, na- in the area. That's true. We, the first time we met other freestyler, freestylers was in the Red Bull. Uh, oh, really? So you went from practicing, practicing, practicing to yes. straight to your first competition. No meets or whatever. No. So after uh, like, how long time was it? Six months. Yeah. We met our first freestyle. So that, and then, then we met the freestyle community of Norway. And it was really cool. Nice, nice, nice. And and what, what, do you remember what kind of tricks were you doing back then? Mostly lowers, but also some sit-downs and, uh, and uppers. Uh, but uh, the first few months, it was mostly lowers. And I think nowadays, you guys are very... You have a lot of signature moves and things like that. So, and when did the creation of kind of your own tricks and style... When, when did that happen? Uh, it may be like... Uh, at least from 2015 and on, then we really started to get specialized on our own style. And, uh, but and, and, and was that because you had some kind of ambition to to win something? Or was it more a natural thing like, okay, I've done the basics now. Now it's more, you know, like a natural flow kind of thing. Uh, well, it was in 2014 that we decided that we wanted to try to become as good as possible and try to become world champions. But it was an actual decision. Yes. Yeah, it was. That's interesting. Because I, I think for most people, it doesn't work like that. No, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it was like that for us. We It was in 2014, I remember. We like... Uh, we were like reading a book about becoming the best and then we were really inspired. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what kind of book was that? <laughs> it was uh, like a popular Norwegian book, which was called actually Become the Best. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I'm going to look this up. I don't know. It, it wasn't only because of that book, but that was like a, a, a source of inspiration for us at least. And uh, we also saw that we did really well on the Super Bowl 2013. I came top eight, Alan top 32. So we saw that we had a big potential. Which year was it when you, I think there was one year when you reached the finals of Norwegian championships, but you lost against the bias maybe? Yes, that's 2012. So that also like showed that we, I think we saw that there were huge potential in uh, competitions, like in doing all round, for, ex- for instance. Mm-hmm. We saw that uh, people have been pushing lowers a lot, but yes. that uh, all round and transitions, there was a lot more to do. And yeah, it was more separate categories, right, yeah, at that was. time. Yeah. So we, I think we noticed that early on, and then we decided, let's go all in on that, and also lowers, so just become a complete, complete freestylers. And maybe that will take us far. <laughs> and then you guys also got really into the double routine thing, which I think is is so cool to watch. Mm-hmm. I remember I was watching the, um, I don't know which one it was, but uh, when you were doing this with the hands, yeah. what, what year did you enter? I mean, this is a podcast. People can't see the hand thing, but <laughs> I don't know which year that was, but I was like getting really goosebumps and oh, I loved it so much. Yeah, thanks. That was 2016. Yeah, we really prepared a lot for that one. But, but isn't it difficult to prepare for so many different things? Because now Erland is even in SIG 3 and things like that and sh- show flow. And, uh, like, isn't it hard to prepare different? Yeah, it is. But uh, we are really motivated. You do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it was r- really fun to prepare for it. And, uh, like, we have an obvious uh, advantage in dub routine being that we live together yes, and, uh, yes. like, training all the time together. So... And that's not every participant in double double routine doesn't do that. So, so we we was able to do a lot of planning, yes. not just when we train, but like outside training, we could like plan the choreography and uh, the music and everything. And okay, well actually, we didn't go too deep into it, but let's say preparation for a tournament. Uh, do you 
of course you once told me about this trick uh, not a trick but a rule about new tricks mm. and you can't use them against each other how does that work it works uh, such that uh, if i invent a trick then uh, alan can't do that trick in a competition before i have showed it because mm -hmm. the value of that new trick will decrease drastically after showing it the first time yes so uh, yeah that's the rule so that uh, so having that rule then we can train with each other and show everything every trick knowing that the other one will not use it before you <laughs> did someone ever break the rule no, I don't think so. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> that would be a bit. <laughs> that burden. would be an upset, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you're gonna retire, right? So, do you think Erland? Because I thought about this a lot. Do you think Erland will lose his motivation when you're not competing more? Because I think he will. I also thought that he would uh, lose some uh, motivation, but. Mm -hmm. Considering that actually the top four in Norway lives in Trondheim now, uh, not just me and Erland, but also Sigve and Sindre, he can train with them every day almost. So yes. so he has some training partners there. And also considering that I will also join a lot of the training sessions, I think he will yeah. still be motivated considering that. And also he's, uh, he's still really like eager to st still compete. So I think he, that, he's that, not going to have a problem. That amazes me. I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about your brother, but for me, it's insane that he has won. I don't know how many I lost count. They well, don't They don't eight. even fit on the Instagram bio anymore. <laughs> no, There's true. like six, seven world titles or whatever. Or it's eight. Eight, eight world with, titles. With Super Bowl and Red Bull. Yeah. yeah. And, but he still seems every time like, oh, I'm going to take this. How, how, how does that work with him? Man? Well, I, I don't think it's all about the titles for him. It's more like uh, he's really psyched about uh, just developing. like, uh, And he still does. It's like he's taking so big steps every year. Yes. And uh, I think that's so motivational for him. It is for me as well, seeing him. Yes. So uh, I think he's just hooked on uh, development. and uh, Hooked on development. That's yeah. a good quote. Man. I like <laughs> it. Hooked, hooked on development. So, um, okay. So your last tournament now. Mm. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? You think you're going to take it this year? Uh, I, that's, you must believe it. <laughs> otherwise. I, I, can't, I, I, of course, think that's uh, it's a, it's a big chance that that can happen. Yes. Uh, but it depends on manufacturers, like how will the battle structure be and uh, if I'm, I have a good day. But uh, yes, for sure, I can win. Yeah. So let's say it's you against your brother in the final. He knows it's your last tournament. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys talk about this? Yes. And I have told him you, 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 can't have, let you me have to win. give everything. Yes, yes. I don't want you to make me win. That, uh, that's not a fair way of winning. I no. need to win because I deserve it. Yeah, because I was thinking about that. Like, if you guys, fine, maybe he will let you win. Yeah, no, he, he's not allowed to do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You probably, if you actually uh, notice that, you probably get even more upset. Yeah, true. If you would, if, he's if you find out he will let purpose. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we're more like we think it's so much cooler to do like a really cool battle. The, the result is uh, not necessarily the most important for us. Mm -hmm. We think it's so cool to just have a like a really high level battle that's uh, that's even maybe more important than the result but do you prefer a final against Erland or do you prefer a final against more like a Boyka yes or whatever uh, for me the dream is to meet Erland uh, in the final yeah I must say <laughs> so how is that for your parents because I met your parents down in the lobby and they're all supportive and all that you, is that weird for them as well like 
because sometimes like let's say if you win like when you won yeah. the, the euros or whatever and then you know mm. how does that work for them it's like there's always one disappointed one you know i think they they would maybe prefer that it was more equal yes. <laughs> that uh, that we got more five world titles each yeah <laughs> at least mom she's yeah. like uh, she feels uh, sometimes a bit uh, like sad for me yes. that uh, that uh, that it's all always uh, alan and not me but uh, but they are of course happy for him it's yes. not nothing about that so so okay as a last like chapter I, I would like to know where do you think the possibilities are in freestyle because do you see certain areas that you think oh we have so much to explore in this area yeah i think there are so much more possibilities we we see evidence of it of it every year like mm -hmm. people exploring different parts of freestyle like and you it's hard to predict what uh, tricks that will be but mm -hmm. uh, people keep showing up with new styles and new tricks so i think there are so much more possibilities still nice and so your last tournament do you got any new stuff i got some new stuff but uh, i have also been uh, trying to be more focusing on consistency and uh, difficulty considering the criteria since there is uh, one judge for each criterion and or yes. originality is one of the criteria so if you win that criteria then you don't necessarily win the battle so it it's a bit like a tactical thing there. Yes. So I'm uh, I've been actually more focusing on getting my best tricks really consistent, consistent and sharp. Consistent. Yes. And I think uh, like if I look back at the recent years the reason why you lost certain battles was because of the drops. Mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I think you always had the tricks. It's yeah. just that sometimes you dropped it on the you know the toe bounce heel variations or yeah. just too hard stuff. That's true. So I've been trying to get that more consistent. It will be your last tournament, and I hope you're going to win, man. I hope <laughs> you're going to win. And I don't think I've ever said this out publicly, but you are my favorite freestyler. So um, cool. <laughs> I, I wish you all the best. And uh, thank you for talking to me, and uh, good luck. My pleasure. Thank you. Brunia, 5-0. Brunia goes to the final. Oh, in his wow, final competition, wow, wow. Brunier goes to the final in his final competition. Oh my goodness, <laughs> the story, the story is on, our, is on our hands. The fairy tale is still possible. I think they have made their decision, the world champion between these two brothers. Will it be Erlen or will it be Brunier? For the first time on his career, everyone has been hoping it would be Brunier. I'm one of them. And the winner of Red Bull Street Style 2022. It's Erlen! Erlen wins the World Championship once again. Completely unbeatable. Even Brunier in his final attempt couldn't make it. What about this epic moment? Sharing the stage with your brother in the war final. It couldn't be better. Uh, Brunia is the best brother you can have. He's, uh, and we have been pushing each other so much for all of the years. And uh, I'm so happy to be here in the final against Brunia. And he did so well as well, right? Tell me one word to define your brother. Crazy. I'm really sad that Brunia is retiring from freestyle football, but he is still an absolute legend. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you are listening to the show because there are more awesome guests on the way that I can't wait for you to hear.
You can also check out the WFFA website and social channels on Twitch, YouTube and Instagram as well. And remember, all you need is a ball. This podcast was produced by Voice Work Sports for the World Freestyle Football Association. Podcast Network.